Macworld Podcast number 60 for December 13th, 2006. Sponsored by MYOB, Small Business Management Software. MYOB helps you to mind your own business smarter. Hi, welcome to another Macworld Podcast. I'm your host, Macworld Senior Editor Chris Breen. It's nice to have you here, wherever here may be. In addition to a little news and commentary on today's show, we have a pair of interviews. The first is a roundtable discussion of Macworld's just-announced Eddie Awards with Macworld's editorial director, Jason Snell, and Macworld's executive editor for print, Dan Miller. Now, in case this Eddie stuff is new to you, the Eddies, which originated at the now-deceased Mac User Magazine, where I got my start, these are awards now presented by Macworld for the year's greatest achievements in Macintosh hardware and software. Macworld's editors and key contributors gather each year to suggest, cajole, and flat-out spat about what they believe to be worthy contenders. Through a series of meetings, a list of nominees, and eventually, winners is pulled together. I've been through the process of choosing Eddie candidates for many years, and it's not easy. There are a lot of deserving products introduced each year, but not everyone can be a winner. In our interview, you'll gain some greater insight into the process. And as 2007 approaches, our thoughts turn to the biggest Macintosh event of the year, Macworld Expo, held as usual at San Francisco's Moscone Center in the early part of January, specifically January 8th through the 12th. Later in the show, I interview Paul Kent, who's the brand vice president in charge of Macworld Conference and Expo. Prior to taking on his vice presidential duties, Paul served as the conference chair for Macworld Expo since 1997. But before we get to those interviews, and a question from a reader from Toronto, my two cents on the news of the day. Dell has chosen the Blu-ray format for its notebook computers. Huzzah! Huzzah! Great. As you may have heard, there are two competing high-definition disc standards wandering the earth. One is Blu-ray, and the other is HD DVD. Now, Sony, Dell, and Panasonic have lined up behind Blu-ray, and Acer, Toshiba, NEC, Intel, and Microsoft have hitched their wagons to HD DVD. Apple has yet to release a Mac with either flavor of drive, but as it's on the board of directors of the Blu-ray Disc Association, it's likely that the Mac will at least be able to play Blu-ray movies. In the meantime, Warner has patented a scheme for creating Blu-ray and HD DVD hybrid discs, so they won't matter which player you use with them. Of course, because it's the way of this goofy world, undoubtedly yet another media company will create yet another hybrid that's incompatible with a Warner standard and will all have yet another compatibility problem. Ah, but wait, NEC to the rescue. NEC may be able to help as it's created a controller chip that allows a player to use both Blu-ray and HD DVD media. But there's a catch. The catch is that because of the high cost of parts and the fact that you'd have to plunk redundant components into these dual-purpose players, a player that can deal with both formats would cost an arm and a leg. So why the fight in the first place? Well, it's money, of course. The team that prevails stands to make oodles of dollars via royalties. It's for this reason that companies are willing to play chicken with consumers in the hope that the competition will eventually back off and give up. My advice? Let them stew in their own proprietary juices and stay away from both formats. If Blu-ray finds itself into the next Mac Pro, great. Buy it anyway because you're going to buy it for the Mac Pro, not for the Blu-ray player. But I wouldn't make a special effort to put a Blu-ray or HD DVD player under my tree this holiday season. 
Turning to the juicy gossip department, a hunk of email from Microsoft's Windows development chief, James Alchin, written in January 2004, reveals that if he wasn't a Microsoft employee, he would purchase a Mac. Within this same email, he writes, quote, I think our team's lost sight of what bug-free means, what resilience means, what full scenarios mean, what security means, what performance means, how important current applications are, and really understanding what the most important problems our customers face are. I see lots of random features and some great vision, but that does not translate into great products. Unquote. A2 Zoom, say I. And speaking very briefly of Zune, I covered the hell out of the thing in the last 10 days at our playlist site, which is playlistmag.com. If you'd like to get, in my humble opinion, a reasonably unbiased view of the Zune's strengths and weaknesses, trot on over to Playlist and check out my Zune diary. Reader Ben Gibson tells me that it's a hoot. And now to our discussion of Macworld's 22nd Annual Editor's Choice Awards, featuring Macworld's Editorial Director Jason Snell and Macworld's Executive Print Editor Dan Miller. Here you go, Jason. Thanks, Chris. This is Editorial Director Jason Snell. I'm here with Executive Editor Dan Miller. Hi, Dan. Hi, Jason. Dan, you uh, managed the Macworld Eddie Awards this year, our 22nd annual Eddie Awards, and uh, we're going to talk about the Eddies a little bit. We do this every year. It's a, uh, a lot of work. We are looking at a lot of Mac products, trying to figure out which ones we like the best. Um, one of the big misconceptions, I think, Dan, is the idea that the Eddie Awards are supposed to be sort of awards for every product that's out there right now. And, in fact, they are for new products, right? It's for all the products that came out between the 1st of November 2005 and the 1st of November 2006, which is still hundreds of products. And the idea is that every editor goes through the products that they saw this year that they were particularly impressed with, and they nominate them. And then uh, we all get together several times to go over those lists and decide which ones really were the best products. And we have our, our little uh, secret handshake that we that we have for the yeah. what, what makes an Eddie product. What which makes is an Eddie product? Quiver. It's Quiver, which stands for quality. This will be fun. Can we do it? Quality. Utility. Utility. Innovation. Innovation. Uh, value. Value. Excellence. Excellence. And something that starts with Reliability. R. Reliability. That's right. Yes. Excellent. So, only excellent products will be considered. Only excellent products. So, but they're all excellent in their own way. Um, and this year, you know, as we've done for the last couple of years, we also had our readers, uh, and we polled readers, yeah. not only a panel of Macworld readers for print and online, but also the Macworld.com audience yeah. through a, a poll system that we set up. And uh, we've got a uh, best hardware and software from uh, the Reader's Choice Awards this year too. Right, and they, they actually they nominate the products. We asked them which ones they thought should be on the on the ballot, and then they actually voted on them. So, so you. Give those awards out, dear listener and dear Macworld reader. And um, just to show that we're all on the same page, actually, um, the, the, both the winners this year were also winners of Macworld Eddie Awards. We may, maybe we cribbed from the readers. I don't know. I think no. I think there was there was consensus yes. this year. Yes. Um, well, let's start with the uh, the Reader's Choice Award for Software Product of the Year, which we also loved as a, as a product unto itself for an Eddie Award, which is Parallels Parallels Desktop for Mac, which allows you to run uh, Windows programs on Intel Macs. Simultaneous with running OS 10. Simultaneously, not like Boot Camp where you have to reboot to get into Windows. This is this is flipping back and forth between Windows. 
Uh, and, and I was impressed that our readers liked it that much. I thought at first it was going to be sort of a niche product. I thought that I wasn't sure if, if how many of them had converted to Intel Macs, but apparently enough of them had that they knew about this product and liked it and voted for it. And overwhelmingly, in fact, it was by far the favorite. I think Parallels product. has the potential to be a huge, um, a huge winner for Apple and really drive Mac sales. I, in my column, in, in the February issue, which uh, also has the Eddie Award feature in it in print, um, I'm talking about the, uh, and this will come as no surprise to you, Dan, as the editor of my column, uh, about my uncle, who um, actually was visiting us last week and has been a PC guy kind of all his computer using life. He's just a business guy. He's not a real computer geek. And, you know, he's noticed how easy it is to build slideshows and iPhoto, you know, from his, his aunt and his cousin and his sister. And uh, and now he's got a couple Windows programs that he uses, and he bought a MacBook and and a copy of Parallels, and that was what did it for him is the ability to, you know, keep the Windows programs there but have a Mac. It's, and it's, it's going like to be huge. A, it's like a security blanket. If you if you need Windows, it's there, but it lets people get into the Mac a little bit more easily. So uh, speaking of Macs, you know, every year we end up with some hardware from a little company in Cupertino called Apple Computer, I believe their name is. I've heard of them. And we have a few of those uh, in the Eddie Awards this year. Can you give me the rundown? Yeah. we Obviously, the big story this year were, were the Intel Macs. And we were um, actually, you know, we went through this a lot as to which ones we actually thought were most worth uh, Eddie Awards. And we came up with three of them. The the 24-inch iMac with the Intel Core 2 Duo chip, um, which we like, frankly, because it's it's an iMac and we love iMacs. And the 24-inch screen is spectacular. And it, it the performance on this thing is amazing. So it goes beyond with uh, it's got uh, not only can you hook up an external display like all those new iMacs, but it's got that FireWire 800 port, so it's almost a pro system. It's an iMac. It's that's very a pro close system. to a pro system. Semi-pro, I guess. But it's no Mac Pro, which we were also very impressed with, and we gave that an Eddie. Uh, the Mac Pro being the replacement for the Power Mac Tower. And uh, the thing that we loved so much about that was that these new cool Intel chips allowed Apple to cram all kinds of new stuff in there. So you've got room for four uh, SATA drives. You've got um, all kinds of – you've got two optical drive bays. So uh, it's, it's expandable. You've got uh, graphics card options. It's, it's a wonderful system. And we also uh, gave an award to the MacBook, which uh, we had – I have to say we had some internal debate about. Um, it was – you know, the MacBook is one of those systems that has had a lot of stories out there about uh, some problems with reliability. Some of them have been lemons. There was the sudden shutdown problem that Apple finally fixed with a firmware update. And as one of the people who not only had a problem MacBook that had to get fixed a couple of times, um, you know, but I was also a big supporter of the MacBook. I, I think that the MacBook has uh, it, it's a, it's a great system and uh, people love it. Even the people who have been bitten by some of these bugs, which seem to have shaken out more or less by yeah. now, um, just love that system anyway. And I think that's a, a an important point that even if you got bitten by a bug and you still love it and you wouldn't uh, wouldn't part with it, that that says something about the strength of that that system. And everybody was just so excited when the MacBook came out. And I think that. Um, that's I would guess notable. that right now it is the laptop of choice for, for Macworld's editors. Yeah, I, I, I would go along with that, which is which is saying something. Any other Eddie Award winners that surprised you out there? 
Um, I think the uh, there are a couple. The the Pantone Huey, which is a color calibrator, which seems like an odd product, but the fact is that it is for eighty nine bucks. You can get uh, to calibrate your monitor, so the colors you're seeing on screen really are true. Right, it's color calibration and for regular regular eighty nine bucks. It's amazing. Uh, we have the Revolution Mice from Logitech. <laughs> I was going to say which, we gave a mouse an Eddie Award this which, year. <laughs> everybody goes what a mouse, but it's got a new scroll wheel on it. That is it's the free wheel. The, the Logitech Precision scroll wheel um, that goes into free spin mode, so you can spin it, and it'll go. go right down the page. Uh, it's incredibly responsive. And then we've got our Anyways. wacky winners. Um, you know, not, we've got we've got Wing Nuts as the game of the year, picked and largely based on the uh, on the recommendation of Peter Cohen. Uh, but you know, we've also got some others. YouTube is winning an Eddie Award. You just can't resist YouTube. It, it was it was the story of the year in many ways online. So and Google Earth, which I, you know was a winner. I think the day it came out when Mac we World saw Expo that at MacWorld Expo, it was the buzz of the show, and and people were just blown away by it. And one of the wackiest products I think in here is this program called Dimension from a company named Tabula Digita. It's an education program, but it's also a first-person shooter, which I love that concept that you're teaching kids math by having them play around in a first-person shooter. Apparently, the only way to save yourself in some cases is to be able to plot coordinates on a grid. It's true. It's true. And and they have also they win the award for the best um, best product slogan of the year, which is learn math or die <laughs> trying. Uh, very cool way, very innovative, high on the innovative scale to let kids uh, be exposed to math concepts and actually do things regarding math while they're trying not to be killed by alien blobs that are trying to devour them. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Well, so that's it for another year, right? We'll be back here in a year, hopefully, to talk about the 23rd Eddie Awards. But uh, uh, and and I think that Macworld Expo coming up is always when we when we we look to that and say this is where it begins and this is where the products that are going to sort of shape the next year in the Mac market come from. Thanks for sitting down with me, Dan. Sure, Chris. Back to you. Thanks very much, Jason and Dan. Before we chat with Macworld Expo's Paul Kent, a word from our sponsor, MYOB. Are you a small business that loves the Mac? How about your accountant? How much do they love your Mac? With MYOB's easy-to-use small business management software, it doesn't matter. MYOB will send your accountant a free copy of the software, Mac or Windows. It's that easy. Since 1989, MYOB's award-winning software has empowered small business owners to manage their customers, vendors, inventory, payroll, and, of course, their accounting. To learn how MYOB can help your small business, visit myob-us.com. MYOB. Mind your own business. Smarter. Earlier today, I hooked up with IDG's Paul Kent to learn about the upcoming doings at next month's Macworld Expo. Let's tune in. I'm Skyped in with Paul Kent, brand vice president in charge of Macworld Conferences and Expo, which takes place at San Francisco's Moscone Center on January 8th through the 12th. Now, this brand vice president stuff means that Paul is the guy ultimately responsible for putting together just about everything that happens at Expo, save for Steve Jobs' keynote presentation, uh, I think the configuration of the Apple booth, and uh, you have nothing to do with the snacks, right? Occasionally I have input into the snacks, but um, it's on a case-by-case basis. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for joining me, Paul. Good to be here, Chris. Uh, for those who have never attended a Macworld Expo before, can you give us a lowdown on what happens during the week? 
Well, essentially, what we do is we build a virtual city that is home to what is commonly con- referred to as the Mac community for a week. And in this city, we'll have over 400 exhibitors in a, in a trade show style uh, exhibition hall. Uh, you'll you browse these these uh, halls and look at booths that the various exhibitors have. And like I said, over 400 companies will be bringing um, their products to Macworld to show in this manner. And then we also have a real big educational conference. Um, uh, it's just a place where people who are interested in what's going on on the Mac platform can see products and learn about products and meet other Mac users and hang out with Mac users and go out to lunch with Mac users and basically know everything that's going on with the Mac industry. Lots of product announcements happen at Macworld. Um, lots of famous people hang out at Macworld. So for one week, it's kind of the center of the Mac universe. Cool. So what's new this year that's different from previous years? Lots and lots of things. So this is the 23rd year of Macworld Expo. It started back in 1985. And um, the show has uh, kind of been a way to mirror or track what's going on in the Mac industry. So every year at Macworld, you see what the latest products are. You kind of listen to speakers who talk about the trends. This year, the things that are interesting are this incredible resurgence in Mac OS X product development. Well, of those 400 exhibitors that I mentioned before, over 100 of them, 103 vendors, as of right now, we still have another month, uh, 103 vendors of Mac OS X products, new to Macworld, never been there before, will be at the show. And we're really excited about that. Almost a quarter of the booths to see, if you've been to Macworld in the past, almost a quarter of the booths will be uh, vendors who are brand new to Macworld. Mm-hmm. Some of them have been Mac developers for a while, but they haven't been showing the products at Macworld. And we're really excited about that. So cool. new products is a big deal what's new at Macworld this year. Right. Now, in the past, some kind of the big players didn't show up uh, maybe two or three years ago when, when there was a kind of a slump in, in the computer market in general. Are we seeing the return of some of those bigger players? Yeah. You know, I would say it's a great representation of what's going on in the Mac market. In one way, shape, or form, anyone who has an impact on the market is there. Certainly, Microsoft is there, Quark, Adobe, Apple's kind of the center of the universe. So, uh, yeah, I would say, you know, depending upon who your definition of big players are, if they're connected to the Mac platform, Macworld is is where they come to show their products and reveal new products. Right. Now, I'm, I'm excited to hear about this focus on Mac OS X because I know kind of the buzz on the show floor maybe two years ago because the iPod was so hot. People were saying, well, it, yeah, there's Mac stuff here, but there's so much iPod stuff, and really, do we do we need this much iPod stuff? So, although I'm sure there's still going to be a lot of stuff for iPod users there, I like the idea that there's going to be an awful lot of Macintosh stuff as well. Sure. So Macworld is definitely a mirror of what's going on in the industry. And so two years ago, uh, iPod products were definitely a very hot uh, category in the Mac market, in the Apple market, uh, and last year as well. Uh, And this year, really, with Vista taking so long to come out, and people being tired of uh, security problems, and Apple doing such a terrific job in getting their message out and getting a lot of people to switch over to the Mac platform or, or choose the Mac as their platform of choice for their first computer, Mac OS X products are smoking hot. And the interest and the market share, everything about the Mac platform is really, really interesting now. So I think this year you'll see a great return to a predominance of Mac OS X, cool new Mac OS X products at Macro. Great. Now, last year we just had one hall open. I, I think it was the uh, the North Hall? South Hall. South Hall was open. Okay, so is it South Hall only again, or, or is it expanding? 
No, well, the good news is the show has been doing so wonderful that um, we'll be able to expand back to the North Hall again. And it's not just a little expansion. Over in that North Hall, there'll be 100 exhibitors to see. There'll be our new digital lifestyle experience attractions, and there'll be our Taste of the Conference uh, free education program. Great. Yeah, now I was going to ask about that as well. I, I want to talk about conferences uh, in a minute, but for those who, who feel they can't afford the conferences, uh, is there a way for them to kind of get a feel for what's happening in those conferences? Yeah, so we uh, want people to understand that there's so much great education in the Mac market that happens that happens through our conference programs. Some people don't think conferences are for them. They just kind of see them as more like uh, academic things that someone else goes to. But the training and the information sharing at Macworld is, you know, part and parcel of the experience. And so what we decided a couple of years ago was to start a program where we would take uh, samples of our conference program and put them on the show floor on a, on a stage, you know, about 300 to 500 people attend these things for every session, uh, where you can see what the conferences are like. So this year, and you know, they're very representative of some of the great people in the Mac market who are speaking. In fact, Mr. Chris Breen is actually presenting on our Taste of the Conference stage, helping people learn how to do everything with their iPod. I hear he's really, really good. He's good. Yeah. Nice guy. Very eloquent. Self-effacing. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that's what the Taste of the Conference stage is. It's um, a way for you to get maybe not nine sessions on a particular topic that you're interested in, but certainly one session to see what's going on. And it's free. So, you know, with however you get into the show with your exhibit badge, uh, if there's something that's in that schedule that's of interest to you, you just go over there, grab a seat, and it's 45 minutes of free education. Cool. Now, let's suppose that I have some extra money or my company's willing to pay for it. What do the conferences cost? Our conferences, we have lots of uh, packages. We have kind of a Chinese menu on our website of, of uh, ways to pick and choose the, op- the options that you want. We offer five days of training in a variety of different packages. So we have two days of training on a particular software product. Those are called our power tools. We have 17 power tools. Some of them run Monday and Tuesday. Some of them run Wednesday and Thursday. And the power tools are your opportunity if you want to learn more about Final Cut or more about Photoshop. Really, the most popular products in the Mac industry, these are our in-depth training for those products. We also offer a host of conferences. We offer one that's specifically for IT and enterprise managers called Mac IT. It's all about the deployment of Macs in corporate and enterprise environments. So if you have more than, I'd say, about 35 or 50 Macs, Mac IT might be a very interesting place for you to be because you'll learn all about how to administer servers, how to take care of techie things like directory services, and all those types of things that enterprise and IT managers worry about. And then we have our Macworld Users Conference, which is the conference that we've held, well, for all of the 23 years that Macworld's been going on. And that's a place where you can get your Mac OS skills. Uh, you want to become a power user, that's a place to get tips to do that. You want to uh, learn about how to run your small business on a Mac, you can do that. You want to learn about some of the better creative apps and how to get a quick uh, hour and 15-minute tips and techniques on how to be better with your the latest version of your favorite creative app. You can do that in the Macworld Users Conference as well. We have half-day classes that are hands-on called Mac Labs. Uh, and then we, our newest thing is called Market Symposiums. This is where we take a look at the Mac's application in certain vertical markets. So we have one for art directors. We have one for po- podcasters. We have one for musicians. K-12 is one of our most popular ones. Um, uh, new media artists is also a very popular one. So there's really something for everybody in our conference agendas, and uh, they're a lot of fun. They're very well regarded. We'll train over 5,000 people at Macworld wow. this year. And last year, 
um, the the net net of uh, satisfaction ratings was a very high 4.2 on a five point scale. So people are really happy with the quality that they get in the Macworld conference programs. It's very successful. Great. Now, once I get that conference pass, what kind of extra special events can I attend? Well, the conference pass gets you into the um, the educational programs that you've signed up for, and it gets you into uh, all the show floor activities. So it takes care of those two things. And then some of the extra special things that happen, uh, and, and also I should say that most of the conference passes, everything except for the user's pass, will take care of your lunch for the week as well, or for the days that you're registered, I should say. Um, and then in the evening, there's a whole bunch of different things that go on. So as I said, Macworld is all about community. There's a lot of impromptu meeting of like-minded people that happen. If you're sitting in a class with 250 other K-12 educators, a lot of let's go to lunch and discuss, let's go to dinner and discuss, that stuff happens all the time at Macworld. And really, it's uh, it's it's hard not to get involved. You have to be a pretty darn shy person or a pretty um, antisocial person not to get uh, sucked into some of these types of social activities. But that's also part of the Macworld experience is meeting new people, making new contacts that you'll use as a technical resource uh, throughout the year. In the evening, on Wednesday evening, we've got our birds of a feather discussions. These are more free-form discussions where if you haven't got your questions answered in some of the conference sessions, uh, you can go to these birds of a feather sessions, and there's seven of them. Um, and uh, it's just more discussion-based as opposed to lecture-based. We're just going to announce for the first time a special activity. Um, I'm sure you know uh, our friend Bruce Frazier, really one of the great um, trainers, talents in the creative markets that works through Macworld you know, all the time. Um, we're going to be doing a special tribute to Bruce and to celebrate his life and career as a Mac user, as an educator, as an author. And this is really a luminary in the creative markets, and that's open to everybody. We're expecting well over a 1,000 people will attend this. It'll be an all-star roast. It's on our website now, and, in fact, the MC for the evening will be Graham Nash, so we're really excited about that. Oh, great. And so, yeah, it's going to be a wonderful evening, and these are all the kind of extracurricular activities. There's lots of parties that go on at Macworld, and... Um, the best thing I can say about parties, some of them are invitation-only, some of them are open. Uh, even the ones that are invitation-only, if you schmooze pretty well, you can, get a, you can get a party invitation to most of the things that are going on in the evening. Now, I understand that you play in a, a couple of bands during Macworld Expo. Well, I understand that you play in a couple of bands <laughs> during Macworld Expo. <laughs> Not that I'm pimping any of, this, <laughs> any of our performances, but yeah, that's true. We do. Uh, yeah, why don't, you, why don't you tell people a little bit about the Macworld All-Star Band? Well, one of the parties that I was referring to is, is hosted by our friends over at the Mac Observer, Dave Hamilton, Brian Cheffin, um, and they put on a wonderful party. It's packed. It's, it's, it's just fun. You know, after a day of walking the aisles at Macworld, to just kind of get to a sweaty, you know, party, 400 people, everybody crammed in, having a great time, laughing, listening to good music, um, it's just a, it's a really fun night. So it's a first thing. It's a kudos to the guys over at the Mac Observer for putting on the party, which is known as Cirque du Mac. And then uh, the highlight of the evening, in my humble opinion, is that the band that performs is made up of people in the Mac industry. I won't go so far as to say luminaries, but uh, it's a bunch of good guys. And Chris plays keyboards. I play some guitar. Bob Levitas is in it. Uh, Brian Chaffin. Dave Hamilton is in it. Chuck Latornis is in it. And uh, we get together. It's it's a fun thing. We uh, exchange ideas about what songs we're going to perform over email for the year. We get together for one practice on the Saturday before uh, Macworld, and then we let it all hang out and just let it rip on the Wednesday of Macworld at this party. So that's the Macworld All-Star Band. 
classic rock, you know, some fun surprises. It's just been a great thing. We've done it for about five years now, and it's, you know, people talk about it. And you could say that Macro Expo is the only conference and trade show that has its own house band. Uh, yeah, and and as a member of the band, I have to say that it really is a hoot, and it's uh, it's always a fun party, and Dave and, and Brian do a great job putting it on. All right, so we've covered, uh, gosh, we've covered everything. Where can listeners go for more information if if we've left something out? Well, I, you go to www.macworldexpo.com. We've got a month left, and really the big message for everyone listening out there is if you think trade shows are for something for other people, you know, that it's, you know, your business has to send you or something like that, Macworld is really a, it's a destination. You know, we've designed attendee attractions. If you love cool technology and if you love to see how cool technology is put to use, Macworld can be every bit as fun as go to Epcot Center, Disneyland. I mean, it's it's really it's Epcot Center for technologists. It's really what it is. So whether you're a musician who loves technology or you're a photographer who loves technology or a videographer who loves technology, the Mac plays in all these areas, great tools, and Macworld is a place where you can see them put to work, get some inspiration about new ways to put them to work. Everybody should come to Macworld Expo if you love beautiful technology. Yeah, I think they should. And actually, it's more fun than the Epcot Center. I, I have more fun every year at, at Expo than I have anywhere else during the year. So uh, absolutely worth coming to, and uh, we look forward to seeing all of you. And thanks very much for joining me, Paul. We look forward to another great Macworld Expo. Well, thanks, Chris. We're looking forward to seeing you and looking forward to your presentation and another great year. Great. Thanks. Thank you. And now, before we close the doors on Episode 60 of the Macworld Podcast, Chris Meek from Toronto was kind enough to send along this audio question. Take it away, Chris. Hi, Chris. My name is also Chris, and I come from Toronto, Canada. I have been a long-time Mac user, but I've always wondered about this question. Say I have five or six Word documents that I want to print. Is it possible to print them without opening them? Maybe by selecting the icon and doing something? I have never heard of this, but I just thought it would be a great time saver. Although now with my new MacBook, it doesn't take that long to open files. But even so, with a lot of files to open and print, it would be a lot cleaner to be able to print them without opening them. If it is possible, that would be great. Thanks. Chris, I can answer this one with a definite sort of. It really depends on the kind of document you're trying to print. The technique works this way. You could print any document by control-clicking it. And yes, in a very short while, I'm going to start saying right-clicking instead of control-clicking because everybody should have a multi-button mouse by now. Anyway, once you've done that, you choose print from the contextual menu. Alternatively, you can drag a document to the printer setup utility icon that you find in the utilities folder inside your applications folder. When you do this, the document should print to the default printer in the printer setup utility. Or, while you have printer setup utility open, you can create a desktop printer simply by selecting your printer and choosing create desktop printer from printer setup utilities printers menu. Once you've created the desktop printer, just drag your documents to it. Now for that Weasley bit about the document and which application it's linked to. Some documents will print without first opening the host application. Text edit files, for example, print directly using any of the three methods I mentioned. Microsoft Word documents, however, when you treat them the same way, will first open Microsoft Word and then toss up Word's print dialog box, requiring you to punch the print button in the dialog box. Now, on my Mac... 
that happens just one time. So I drag it in, up pops Word, up pops the print dialog box, I press print, and forever thereafter, when Word is open, it automatically prints directly instead of forcing me to go back to that print dialog box. I believe in Canada the technical term for this sort of rigmarole is, quote, getting hosed. Let's hope that in the next version of Office and Word that we'll be able to print directly without having to go through this printer dialog box thing. Thanks very much for your question, Chris. Should any other Chris's or non-Chris's out there wish to have a question answered on the air, just send your question in MP3 or AAC audio format to my attention at Mac911 at Macworld.com. If we like your question and, more importantly, can answer it, we'll put it into a future podcast. And that does it for this edition of the Macworld Podcast, sponsored by MYOB, Small Business Management Software. MYOB helps you to mind your own business smarter. Thanks to Macworld's Jason Snell and Dan Miller, Paul Kent from Macworld Conference and Expo, Torontonian, is that what you call me from Toronto? Torontonian, Chris Meek, and of course, you for listening. This is Chris Breen reminding you that you can find more Apple, Mac, iPod, and technology news, views, and information at Macworld.com. I'll see you next time.